It's time for Make Us a Mixtape. My name is Paul Farva. I am your librarian, Marty DeRosa. We have a special episode for you here. Uh, we don't have a guest. We're just going to talk and uh, tease you guys with one song that we would each put on uh, our own mixtape because a lot of people give us shit for making this Make them do homework. I guess. That we sit on our high horse and uh, judge people's music, but when it comes to us, we haven't we haven't put ourselves out there yet. Yeah. Well, this episode, we're each going to tell you one song that uh, will be on there. At least one song, maybe At more. At the end of the podcast. So you have to listen all the way through. And don't try to speed up, because we've got other stuff we want to talk about today. Books about music. That's right. One we, of my favorite things on the planet. Books on music. We will each give you our five five things that we five books that we recommend in the music industry, music related books. I think that uh, that's a step in the right direction towards revealing a little about ourselves. Yes, you're more of a biography kind of guy. I'm a big biography guy. I read the most random books by uh, by people who. Uh, Do you have to have a connection with the artist to read the biography? No, I, if they have, if I think they've had an interesting life, I'm going to be like, oh, let's see what Rob Lowe has to say. I have the Marilyn Manson book on my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. I think it's called like Long Strange Road or something. I, I would never get that just because I don't like him. Yeah. But I, I would have to like, like I have, I read like non-music biographies like Paul Newman's book because I wanted to hear, I want to know his mm-hmm. story. Someone that's had a full life. I think that's a cool thing. But with music, like there's a lot of good books about pe- uh, musicians. One of the things that we were talking about before we started recording was for one of the books that I recommended to you, you were like, I just took a while to get things going. Sometimes it does that in a, yeah. especially a biography. You're just like, I don't give a shit about your childhood. Like get to oh, yeah. the stuff I want to get to. Cause there was a, uh, Brett, the Hitman heart wrote a gigantically long biography. Oh, those are the worst. And it, They're so intimidating. it took forever for him to just get out of Canada to get to the world <laughs> wrestling federation. It was just like, <laughs> Holy shit, dude. And he's like, I mean, it was just like non-stop journey. But when you like hit those sweet spots in these books, and I'm a big fan of like a whole music scene, yeah, you know, sort of uh, depicted throughout a book. And when it's just like these were the heydays, then it was like this, then now, then it's and you need to, to read down. the, you need to hear that story. You do, you do. And but those are the worst. And same with uh, Keith Richards. I read his biography. Everyone says that's such so, a good one. It's a great. great I have it, book. Uh, but I don't. But I have not read it yet. It's Everyone good. Everyone raves about that one. But the first part is so fucking slow. Is You're he like, like pulls no punches, talks shit about no, people and tells stuff? Tells the truth. Tells nice. it as it is. For the most part, you know, there's some things that are left like, like wait a minute. But uh, you, you got to be really smart to catch that. I don't know if you'll catch that, Marty. Well, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, <laughs> but, uh, you know. I'm sure. just kidding. Let's just get into kidding. it. Hit me with uh, hit me with one of your first So ones. are we doing this in reverse order? I'm just going to, I'm not going to do them in any just order. Just whatever order you want. Okay, the one the one book that I really liked, I haven't read it in a while, but uh, it, it did come up again because of a book you recommended to me. Um, it's So Easy by Duff McKagan. Uh, he was the bassist in uh, Guns N' Roses. I understand he has a second book now, but this was, I think, his first one. What did he cover? What time? He just talked about the time, it talked about his life when he was in Seattle. Yeah. He was a big, big star in Seattle. And then he moved to LA and it talks about his uh, his 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 path basically. And, uh, and then there's like callbacks to Seattle. Like when he was, uh, when he was on a plane with Kurt Cobain, when he was coming back from Exodus. Yeah. Legendary story. It's a, it's a a guy who he sort of like passed through all these different worlds. He has Mm -hmm. like the, the punk credibility, the rock, like the heavy metal hair band credibility and stuff. 
and he gets name checked a lot in a couple different music books. Uh, people are, it seems like everyone is cool with him. seems like he everyone from Seattle yeah. loves him. And he kind of like, yeah, walked between all these different worlds or whatever. Uh, lived a pretty wild life. Drugs, and, I and assume. Death, knocking on death's door. He, he had a huge, he comes from a huge family and some of them are very successful. It's a, I'm not going to give away too much about the book, but it talks about dependency. He talks about uh, hard work. It's, it's just a great, great story. And then after Guns N' Roses, his life after Guns N' Roses, he was in a lot of bands afterwards that were very successful. So if you're a musician or you just like to hear about people's struggles in their lives, uh, that is the book that one of the, I would say top 10 books on music that I've read. Recently. There you go. One of my favorite books that I read recently, and I love an oral history. They feel easier for me to read because it's like paragraphs by different people, like sound yeah. bites and stuff. I love an oral history. I've got three of them on here, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, I Want My MTV is so good. If you are, I know we're both Gen Xers, and I think if you were there, millennial. if you were there for the ride of MTV, I was. It was kind of already a thing when I was a kid, but uh, I don't recall the the debut of it. But this sort of lays it all out there, and and for the people who are like, oh, we don't do play videos anymore. Like you learn all that stuff. Really, you learn about. I mean, there was just people. The the MTV would go to record companies and be like, so you're going to make us a video. It's going to be for their song. It's going to promote your band. And they were like, cool. How much are you going to pay us? And they're like, we're not paying you. You're just going to do it. But it's going to be great advertising for your band and record labels were like nah man we're not making you a free movie we're not making you free content and they were like okay so when mtv first started you read a lot about bands who were just like a lot of european bands like duran duran for example that was the thing they would do because if they're like well we're not coming to america yet so here's what we look like yeah yeah and it was basically like whoever had videos, they were like so strapped for content. They were like, we'll take it all. We'll take it all. Yeah. There were certain bands that actually by chance had sure, to have them. Sure. And then had them. a band like Duran Duran would come to America and they're selling out all these venues and everyone's like, how the fuck are they doing that? And they're mm-hmm. like, because MTV. So then everybody started doing it. And then they talked about how powerful they got and how they could make or break careers. And they could, you know, they had, they had the power. Mm-hmm. They were in charge. And I think a lot of the record labels were a little like, fuck, we don't like this, that you're so powerful. But it just talks about the ups and downs. Does it cover afterwards, like the the shows? Sure. I mean, it it basically stops when when videos were no longer like the thing. Kind of real world and stuff like that. Yeah. And they I mean, that was the thing where they talk about like they could run an episode of remember remote control. Mm -hmm. That was one of the first shows where they were like, oh, we could run remote control and get like quadruple the ratings of playing music videos and a lot of times they had these big huge sort of like tentpole acts we had like michael jackson guns and roses you know whoever right. the big ones madonna prince and it was like when they would put out a new album business would go up a little bit but there would be these times where nobody was putting anything out and they'd be like shit or they talk about like the grunge era right terrible ratings for them really yeah it was wow. like just people weren't watching and stuff so it was interesting. They talk about how they were like so reluctant to play rap videos and stuff. And sure. then it became huge. You know, like the black artist, you could like, are you Michael oh, Jackson? Yeah. That's it. So it's really were, interesting. The, those were the best videos with the rap videos. Like I remember Tone Loke and uh, yeah. Funky Cole Medina. Those were, were like funny. You're a kid. You're like very controversial. A lot of those. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a lot of cool shit, but there was a lot of bands 
Did, did they talk about how there was certain bands that I think it was Fleetwood Mac or the police or some, someone who had like, they just happened to have a lot of videos. Oh, yes. Elvis Costello, maybe or somebody um, who had videos and they're like, sweet. There were multiple people like that who had, who just had all these videos. Yeah. They were like horribly bad. And they videos were like, okay. Like, and they would content. play them. And then what happened was, and it was kind of sad where it was like, I think it was like Kip Winger. He like flew there and was like, this is ridiculous. Like, why aren't you playing my videos anymore? And they're like, buddy, it's, it's over, man. <laughs> and somebody was talking about how they like went Kip to Winger. MTV. Might've been like Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. And like, they put out a new, Oh no, the guy from Warrant, the guy from Warrant. And he's like, we were going to just visit MTV. And like last time we were there, they had like a huge cherry pie poster above the desk when you first walked in and stuff. And he's like, and then we walked in and there was a poster of Nirvana and we were like, it's ah, over. shit. And I think like, it might have been Kip Winger or somebody in a band was like, not only are they not playing my videos, they're making fun of my old videos on Beavis and Butthead. They're yeah. like, they're like, they like call their oh, agent. Kip Winger was shit on the most. They like call their agent. And they're like, get my video off that fucking show. And they're just like, it's just, it's not how it goes anymore, man. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's a bummer. So that one's called I Want My MTV by Craig Marks. And it's a, awesome. uh, it's a good quick read. I like it. I'll check it out. Another one I, I liked a lot, uh, if you're a Fleetwood Mac fan, like I am, I'm a closeted, uncloseted Fleetwood Mac fan, Making Rumors uh, by Ken Kelly. He was like one of the producers on the show, on the, on the, um, of that album, which for those of you who don't know or just got into Fleetwood Mac later in life, Rumors is one of the greatest albums of all time. I don't care what you say, it's... Every song on there is a banger. And there's like a, massive backstories with all them dating each other. That up. album is like right when all the shit was going down. They were, the breakup between uh, Stevie Nicks and and, and um, Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. And, uh, and then Fleetwood coming in and, and the other couple were divorcing. Uh, it's a great story on how... If you're a musician, it's great too because you learn about all the tricks of what they did to make... Uh, to make this album. And uh, there were so many backstories um, and just subtleties if you've ever made an album if you're in a band like this is also great because there's different produ- um, egos involved and and people are like you know i remember when, when we made our uh album like people are like turn turn up the drums like everyone's like trying to like yeah. get their their two cents in but ken calais was one of the guys who ironically is kobe calais dad i didn't know that uh that's how she got into the business huh small world but do you uh, discredit when somebody's parents are like oh they were an executive at sony or something like that i don't discredit it but it ex- it, it explains how people get their foot in the door which I, you know hey if you've got that advantage take advantage of it. Sure. But, but um it does you know when people are like oh i struggled They're like nah i mean you had a you had a your dad was a producer so jewel did she really live in her car I think she did. I don't think she had any advantages, yeah. but there are people that. Uh, and then that Sean did. Penn championed her. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, See, I didn't do? know that. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's a great it's a great book uh, that I recently read, and uh, and then it made me want to read more about Fleetwood Mac and and that album again. If you if you haven't listened to Rumors in its entirety, they, you weren't have they just to. like like session musicians at that um, Sound City? No, that's uh, well the the. Because I remember Fleetwood somebody the, being like, "Who's that singing? That's so good." And then Stevie Nicks and uh, and Buckingham were in Buckingham Nicks. There was okay. a, they were a duo, and then um, they needed the guys from Fleetwood when Pat Peter Green left Fleetwood Mac because he went a little uh, he had mental dis, uh, oh. mental issues. 
they needed a new members and then the producer's like hey you should check out this guy Lindsay Buckingham and he's an amazing guitarist by the way nice do one more because I'm gonna do back to backs okay um, the next one uh, I would say uh, is Mercury by Leslie Ann Jones I think that's her name yeah Leslie Ann Jones it's the story of Freddie Mercury a lot of people are all up in arms and love Queen I love that they've made a, a comeback now I think it's great but if you want a real story of what what it was what Freddie Mercury's real life was you need to you need to read that book what'd you um, think of the movie the biopic I thought it was a great movie uh, but a lot of it is fiction but yeah you know what people gave him shit uh, for for changing things but it's like you know what you go to the movies you want to feel good you don't want to hear about how he gave AIDS to a lot of people knowingly like if that's if that's Jesus, the case. you went dark. Allegedly. You went very uh, dark. No, but I know they, 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 they took liberties. It, so. They took liberties with like timing. dates and timing and if yeah. they were broken up or what was going on in the band's life at that time or whatever. Right. I think they did a great job in 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 uh, and I think Rami Malik, first Arab to win an Oscar yeah. anyway. Uh was uh I thought it was a great uh movie. I loved it. Um but you know, there's parts of the movie where you're like, oh, come on, I know this is not how it went down or how they first started. Like, yeah. that's not true. There's but a fun uh, YouTube movie. series of shows called Pitch Meeting. And this guy, he plays the studio head and the writer or director or whatever for a movie. And he's always like, you got a new movie for me? And he's like, I do. And he's playing both. He's so good at it. And he did, um, what was the what was the movie called? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. And, and he's just like, they're going on and he goes, but didn't this happen then and not then? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, are you going to talk about it in the movie? And he goes, no. And he's just like, <laughs> I a little shit about like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. This makes the story better. Yeah. It, 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 it's, you have to do that. You have to take liberties and I get it. It's just like joke writing, you know, you, There's you a, tweak stuff. There's a famous wrestler named Conan who has a saying, he, he, he's a really good podcaster. He's, he's really good at storytelling and stuff. And he always says, uh, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, that's and a it's good kind line. of especially when you're making a movie or whatever. Sometimes you gotta. People say that about jokes too. They're like, "That didn't happen." I'm like, "Yeah, ninety. I would say with my stories. I don't know about yours, but my stories are about seventy to eighty percent true. Is that how would you say that? Some more than others, but yeah. Sometimes you gotta. I mean, whenever you hear a comic, oh, this happened to me the other day. It's like, mm, yeah, did, like I'll lie. I'll it. say this happened did six months ago, and then people are like, "Didn't you say that three years ago?" I'm like, "Yeah." I've Do you have it. to be a fan of uh, of the band Queen to like this book? Um. If you like the movie or you like the band, I think you'd like the book. Interesting. So that's that's how I would answer that question. Did you like the movie, by the way? I didn't see it. You didn't see it? I haven't oh, seen you it. You got to see it. I haven't seen it. It's a great movie. It's a great story, too. I mean, yeah. you got to especially I, like... I used to watch any... Do you like Queen? Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> I like Bicycle, you know? It's <laughs> the worst song. Is it? I don't like that song at all. I like so it. Ch- they talk about that. I like it in Shaun of the Dead when they're fighting the aliens as the, or the, 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 the zombies as they're... That song that. is uh, is central to a story in that. Uh, is that in the, the song movie. they play in Shaun of the Dead? I don't. I don't know what these movies. I didn't see that show. Na, 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 na. There's Maybe so many great Queen shit. songs that. Uh, and I will give the credit to the movie uh, that I went back and listened to the catalog. I'm like, you know what? I did like that song. There was a lot of yeah. songs that I I didn't listen to previously. But I, Queen's one of my favorite bands. So. Okay. What's your? What are your other books? Well, I'm going to do sort of a back to back here because I, I feel like these two. We've talked about this. These two sort of follow each other uh, in the perfect little. If you want to just spend a couple months reading two of my favorite books about music, again, oral histories. These are about two different scenes that happen in music uh, chronologically. 
First, you get yourself Everyone Loves Our Town by Mark Yarm. Which I'm currently reading. And you told me, and I agree, it's a little clunky to get out of the first couple chapters. They're talking about some old Seattle rock bands and things like Starts that. Starts in the 80s, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I love I love uh, music documentaries. We'll, get, we'll have a whole... I don't even want to start talking about mm-hmm. music documentaries. But if you've ever um, seen Hype, this, this is a good companion piece to that. And Hype is available. I believe it's still up. I mean, it's on some streaming channels, but if you can, it's on uh, YouTube with Spanish subtitles. But what's fun is when they play the songs, they have the lyrics in English. What's well, Hype? I don't know. What Hype? Yeah. Hype's a documentary on the Seattle music scene. Oh, okay. And Everyone Loves Our Town is uh, the story of the Seattle music scene, the alternative scene as we know it. And uh, starts off a little slow, but kicks into high gear. Talks about just how crazy it was that all these bands were getting signed. Um, and how it happened. And how it happened and stuff like that. And and um, it's just such a really, it's just such a good book. It's so interesting. I feel like it really, get, you hear about the people who the almost were's and the who should have been's. And it's not just, here's who made it. But it's, you're not a grunge fan really, right? And yeah. you like the book. Or- I mean, I, that was like. I was, Grunge was your thing. I mean, I was I was in that wheelhouse. That was I was in junior high and high school when it was yeah. real popular. Yeah. No, I, I mean Pearl Jam was one of my favorite bands when they first came out in ninety one. I mean, I saw them at. I, did, I wasn't. I was always more Nirvana than Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. but I saw the documentary Pearl Jam twenty, and it made me like them more. See, I can't stand them now, but I used to love that. They were I, my was, favorite I band. was the opposite. That's funny. I was a little like I don't know about this band, or especially Eddie Vedder, and I watched that documentary, and I was like. Yeah, I think I like him a little more. So I got this, to, meet, I got to, yeah, I, I got to see him up front. And I was like, you know, he's really good. Yeah, right? and it kind of goes to the end of the the sort of grunge era, or whatever. And then when you start reading my next book, which is you recommended this to me, and I just happened to read it right after I got done. Very similar, with right? Everyone loves our town. Uh, Lizzie Goodman wrote a book called Meet Me in the Bathroom, which so talks good. about the sort of like rock revival in New York around 2000. Mm-hmm. 2000s and beyond. Yeah. yeah. And you get, Such you hear book. about all the, you know, the strokes, LCD sound system. Um, National. Yeah. There's just so many in the bands that you're just like, okay, the, week, uh, the weekend, not the weekend. Vampire, Vampire weekend. War, Vampire weekend. That's it. Ryan Adams. Yeah. It and, covers uh, all that. And it's just, it's, it's just a cool little sort of, it picks up right where that left off. No, that's a good way of yeah. putting it. Yeah. And I felt like I was like, and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I get to the end of a really good book, I get like bummed out. I'm like, yeah, Shit, of course. It's over. And I remember uh, once I finished that and then I started reading Meet Me in the Bathroom, I was like, oh, this is like the perfect companion piece. Yeah. Like I, it's such a perfect one two punch. The only the only criticism I have of books like that, and I don't know if you have this problem because you, you might be smarter than me, is I have to go back in the back to see who's talking because like they're like, there's so many yeah. fucking names. I'm like, wait, who's David again? And After you have a to little go back. while, you're just kind of like, there's who's too this many people? characters. But I love, I love hearing about these people who were very influential and there's probably like, well, the per- the reason why they do that is because of this person. Mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. people in both books who are like, oh, and, they, and they're just like fucking yeah. rock casualties. And they're like, they were just such a fuck up and they just fucked up on drugs and they just couldn't make I it want, happen. It makes me want to go back and learn about yeah. those other, like this book that Meet Me in the Bathroom, I, I really, really liked. And and uh, who's the guy in Meet Me in the Bathroom where they're, they're like, oh, he was like the hottest dude. Every girl loved him. And then you like see him now and they're just like, 
the guys from the Strokes? No, no, no. There was oh, another guy uh, who I was like, and it was about. like they almost were the band. I love those stories. Yeah. Like TV on the radio was in that too. Yeah, I love. Yeah, like, yes. And it, and it's you hear these you know record labels and they're just like, who's the next big thing? And of course, like it's yeah. like, Seattle, we gotta go Seattle. Chicago, we gotta go Chicago. And they're signing all these right. bands. Well, now there's a new book coming out about Chicago scene that Liz Fair wrote her memoir oh. that's coming out, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm yeah. a huge Liz Fair fan, by the yeah. way. And uh, but the the problem, um, and I'm hoping that this book, the uh, what's the, what's the one I'm listening reading now called with by Mark? Uh, uh, everyone loves our town. Everyone loves our town. I'm, I'm reading it, and like you said, it's slow up top, but uh, I, I, I hope and it's making me want to go back to. Uh, to who this band you men they keep talking about this band you men yeah. I never fucking they talk heard about them all the time and it's cool too if you have like or, or the, a streaming music service you can hear all these groups and yeah. I love like I forgot how much I loved like L7 listening to that reading that book is that the one pretend we're dead yeah, yeah. one of the best songs I think one of the best songs of all time really fuck yeah man oh wow so See, good I, I didn't uh, I didn't uh, I got into grunge but then I got out of it but I remember I, now I'm reading all the stuff about singles like that and when that movie came out singles was like one of my favorite movies of all time See, at I, the time yeah what do you think about it now it's, uh, it doesn't it's hold not up. A, it's yeah. not a it's not a grunge movie it doesn't hold up no it's just a movie that happened to have those songs in it the characters are like they feel like they're like forty year old boring dorks. <laughs> but the best part of the reason why I went to go see that movie was because I heard Pearl Jam was in it for a second, yeah. and that's how crazy obsessed I was with yeah. Pearl Jam in like nineteen ninety three, and and they were in it, and I was like, oh, there's Jeff Ament, because back then there was no there was no internet. The only yeah. time, and I and uh, I'm gonna put it on my Instagram, but I, I found my old mail mail envelope uh, for the P- P- Pearl Jam fan fan club mm-hmm. and they sent me like stuff in the mail it's handwritten yeah. by there whoever wrote it because it was cool too i don't know who it was it was like a, a member of like mother love bone when he sang on that song like, who the fuck is this guy singing oh. i just like on uh hunger strike on hunger strike yeah. it's uh well well chris cornell and yeah. eddie vetter the but, singers, eddie, but, but eddie vetter was just hanging out and he's like yeah. could i help you out and then yeah. he got in the song and there was dudes who were like who the fuck is this guy yeah i didn't get to part of that book i'm excited about that because i loved i love that uh mm-hmm. temple of the dog album uh jeff ament and stone gossard were both yeah in both bands but no that those are great um those are great recommendations. Yeah, uh, and it's like the best one-two punch. It's so good. I oh. cannot uh, stress enough how good those two are as a, uh, a one-two punch. I agree with you on Meet Me in the Bathroom, and uh, the jury's still out on the uh, Everyone Loves Our Town because I'm only 200 pages sure. in. Um, okay, the next book I have, uh, I'll do a one-two punch too. I don't know if I can. You're going to do a one-two punch? Uh, yeah, they're kind of a... No, I won't do that. All right. Go, uh, go Jeff, for it. Jeff Buckley uh, is one of my favorite artists of all time. There's people that are super fans of Jeff Buckley. The new book, Dave Laurie. First of all, there's I've read three books on Jeff Buckley. Everyone has their own version. Dave Laurie was his manager. He was there from the beginning. Um, it was a very controversial book because Jeff Buckley's mom did not believe she did not endorse it, to say the least. She mm. didn't want to come out. She disputed his version of events. Um, but, uh, it's a great book if you're a Jeff Buckley fan and you want to know what's happening and how he lived his life and how he died. It, uh, it, it, it documents it in detail, kind of like the other books where it says, you know, it has different people talking and, and stuff like that. He addresses that. Yeah. There was a previous book, uh, called dream brother, which is now being made into a movie by, uh, David Brownie, I think the guy from Rolling Stone and that there's some contradictions in that too. Um, but that's just if you're a Jeff Buckley fan, that's a must read. And uh, 
And uh, I, I strongly recommend it if you are a Buckley fan. The other book I have, I'll do it once. You don't like Jeff Buckley, so. I'm not super familiar. I know, like, the big You're like, he's the, the guy who hits, sings Hallelujah? And I know, the, I know the, like, <laughs> the story a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, unfortunately, it wasn't a behind-the-music I didn't see back in the day of him. And that then was in more my into it prime or when I was into music, when I started playing music. Yeah. So he was a huge guy, influence. In 94, that album came out. I would have maybe gotten a little more into it or whatever, but uh, but I didn't. It's a great, great book. I know the stuff. Like, it's an interesting story. Like, he didn't know his dad, who was a singer and stuff. Tim and, like, Buckley, people yeah. People were like, yeah, you sound just like him. And he didn't. He didn't even know. He didn't start singing. He was a guitarist in LA. Yeah. Like, and then uh, people heard his voice and they're like, "Wow, you should sing." I think it was a guy from TV on the radio that was like, "You need to sing." But yeah. Um, and the other book is just music industry. It's 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 uh, music adjacent because he started uh, Shep Gordon Supermensch. It's the book which became a documentary. I haven't yeah. seen the documentary, but oh, it's awesome. Shep Gordon was uh, this music manager, uh, entrepreneur guy. Who, the Mensch. The Mensch, yeah. It was one of those like... Be the right Kind of like place. a Forrest Gump story. Like yeah, he yes, managed everybody. Example. He managed everybody and he was just like right place, right time. And he was just somebody who could like find the right people. And he like just... He was just like involved in everything. It was very impressive. And it was kind of cool. It was just like this dude knows everybody and everybody's like you got to talk to this guy. Like, this is the guy you got to talk to. I no, loved it. I thought it was great. He man, he talks about how he met Alice Cooper. Yeah. And, uh, all what do that. you think of Alice Cooper? Um, I never got into his music, but I like him as a person. When I hear him talk, I think it's, and he's got an interesting life and reading about yeah. him in that book or in movies where he makes a cameo. You're like, Oh, that's pretty badass. I thought, uh, yeah, there's certain people that I agree with. That I'm not huge fans, but I'm more a fan of just them personally. Like I think sometimes certain musicians, if they would be on like Howard Stern a lot, I was like, I was kind of like, I'm di- I dig this person musically. I don't know, I don't know if I care too no, much about like him that way. But I, I just, yeah, that was a good one too. Where it was a lot like Alice Cooper. I've always just kind of been like, well, okay. Yeah. I, never th- I always thought like Alice Cooper is just like, no, I mean, there's like no more Mr. Nice Guy. I don't even. I, can't I liked that in Days and Confused the part. Yeah, was- I felt the same way about Kiss too. I'm kind of like, I never got into Kiss, but I get it. I get that it was a thing. I got into him later in life, but again, I, again, I like just the hits. I never was a, a deep guy, and but you like heavier stuff too. I'm not a, I'm kind of a sissy rock liker. So yeah, my next book is uh, by Stephen Hayden or, or Hayden H Y D E N. It's called Your Favorite Band Is Killing Me, and this is a fun book. And I'll, I'll, I'll shoot around this. I'm not reading it straight through. And basically, he takes two musicians that have always sort of been compared: um, Pearl Jam and Nirvana, Michael Jackson, Prince. Um, a whole bunch, you know, Oasis or Blur and just, and it, we've had these conversations about kind of like, you have to pick, you have to pick, yeah. you can't not, you can't, so like both, no, you have to pick. And I love a book that kind of breaks down like the different reasons why you would like one versus the other and how these bands uh, or, or musicians were sort of always, you know, some are just kind of friendly, like, oh, Beatles Stones, but then others are like. Um, Jack White and that dude from the other band with only Black two people. Keys. Yeah, how like he just hates this guy. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very interesting. It's funny that that now you don't see it as much with music, but there were people back in our back in our time where um, if you liked a band, you can it told you a lot about that person, right? About who you are. Yeah, and sure. you're like, I can't hang out with that person. I think people feel that way now about like basketball or like sports. Like people who are like LeBron James is the greatest. Like or, I can't um, talk to you anymore. What's that one thing? Politics. <laughs> <laughs> it was like politics sure. for a lot of people. I think. But I think with bands, with people who, 
like wear a favorite band on their sleeve or they'll, I mean, they'll have the shirts, they'll have yeah. the ta- they have a tattoo of the logo. They're just like, this is my band. And yeah. I, I've, you know, felt that way about bands too. Alkaline trio. I have an alkaline trio <laughs> tattoo, but I do think that it's just like, it's great marketing for a band to make it feel like it's us yeah, versus them. Of course. I mean, like, you know, you can hate Limp Bizkit all you want, but they were very smart at like, you know, rallying their base and being like, it's us versus them or like Lincoln park. Like you got to vote for our song on total quest. Cause it's us against all the boy bands. Yeah. But there were certain things like that, that for me, um, I remember when I was younger, like I was like, Oh, I can't go out with this girl. Like she listens to this and like, you don't see that anymore. Cause people nah. are like more forgiving. Of, well, everybody uh, listens to all these different genres yeah. and stuff. Cause of like, you know, streaming music and you're yeah. not buying albums or anything east coast west coast i have a book that i read i was always west coast i have a book that i read uh i haven't bought i haven't read it yet i'm sorry i can't speak right now i bought it like a used bookstore and it was like how the cd you know like the killed the record business or whatever and it's kind of interesting where i don't know which one of these books we were talking about i don't know if it's one of the books that i'd mentioned or it's this book but uh, it's talk. I know. I think it's this is in me. Everyone loves our town. Where there was this record executive, and he was going to fly from New York to L.A. or L.A. to New York, and he gets on the plane and he looks over and there's this you know high school kid and he's got the book of burnt CDs and he's like, well, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's just burnt CDs. It's like CDs. And he's like, well, what, which what do you got there? And he's like, oh, I'll show you. And he's like. This is this, this is this, this is this. And I remember him being like, do you have any that you actually bought? And he goes, oh yeah, Dave Matthews. I bought Dave Matthews. And he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, but I've made like 50 copies and I give them to everybody in my school. And he's like, oh no. And this, this record executive talks about like leaving New York feeling like, cool, yeah, the music business is doing great. And then getting off that flight and being like, guys, we have a huge problem. Uh, We're going to lose all our money. That's funny. Cause uh, I wrote a, I had to write something for, uh, how burning CDs is gonna is gonna destroy the record industry, and I had to defend like saying, "Oh, record companies will survive. They survive the cassettes and everything like that." I wrote it for uh, for an article in law school, and I won this ASCAP. I actually cleaning out my parents' house. I found this thing. I think I've talked about this already, and I won a thousand dollar like for this uh, writing thing. And and if you read it now. I read it like at my parents' house was going through it. It's from 1999 or 2000. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're going to survive. This CD thing is it's just going to be a fad. It's like, yeah. no record company. Di-. Like literally the next year, uh, it was the merger of the the major labels. A lot mm-hmm. of them died off. There's yeah. no indie labels now. I just, and CDs, gone. I absolutely love that time in music. You know, the 90, the, the, I, that's why I love like a lot of these books too. And, and I always talk to you about there's a, a podcast called the ongoing history of new music oh, yeah you introduced me to that. by That's alan great. cross who's this like legendary canadian dj and he has a nine-part episode on the 90s and it's and he just breaks I, yeah. it down and one of the episodes is kind of about technology and how by putting the disk drive in the computer so you could load up windows faster you didn't have to put in a hundred right. little discs or whatever then somebody was like what if i put my cd in this and then they're like oh shit burn i can burn it and then napster and then napster's destroyed or made music great again depends on how you look at it but i would say that your favorite band is killing me is like a good one to keep in the bathroom if you're just gonna like you know short short yeah it's like i'm gonna poop and i'll listen to why i should like you know van halen or whatever i don't know i love van halen i still uh still holds up that's one of those stuff that uh secret i was listening to a lot of van halen the other day 
And their number one most popular song on Apple Music is Jump. Number two is Panama. Ugh. I think Panama is so much better than Jump. Jump is not a <laughs> Jump is just it's such a, a like of for representation of a band. It's Talk just about such videos. A, like, yeah. Th- those videos were garbage. Like they made the worst videos. They I'm were sorry, so- Hot for Teacher. Have you seen Hot for Teacher? I mean, every one of them was just David Lee Roth just fucking being over the top. <sighs> so silly, so fun. The jump video was so bad. Like he's jumping. It's like all right, give me your last book. I don't. I, no, I, I gave Are you, you out. You're done. I'm oh yeah, done. you did a twofer. I did a twofer. My yeah. last one, uh, and this kind of is is uh, more of an author than the book itself. But uh, Chuck Klosterman. I mean, I oh, I enjoy yeah. his writing so much. I forgot about him. Uh, Fargo Rock City is a great book to start great with. Book, yeah. Um, traveling with cover bands and and just all sorts of interesting stuff. But I mean, throughout his all his books, he's uh, I'm just reading uh, his book ten, which is kind of like his favorite stories all sort of put together and is that uh, new because he hasn't put out something in a while yeah right? he's always putting stuff out oh okay always putting stuff out uh but 10 is from a couple of years ago and he's he's interviewing the chapter i'm reading right now he's interviewing uh noel gallagher and again oh, wow. love 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 a good uh what happened with that album is you know it's like there are certain parts of music history that i just cannot watch enough documentaries read enough books of and that was one of them too, of just like, and I'm I'm sort of fascinated by it, and it's kind of interesting because I, I put out a comedy album, and obviously the number goal one on iTunes for a second, uh, but the goal <laughs> is to write more material, and it's like, oh yeah, it's very hard to start writing stuff for the second one, you know, because it's like that first one is all that time and and you've had all that time, sure. Well, that's a sophomore slump that people yeah. talk about with uh, music. Yeah, um, it's real. It's it's real. Yeah, it's real. You it's you. They're like the record labels. Like, all right, now put out uh-huh. something else. You're like, what? You have yeah. to write ten new songs. So, and it's interesting too when you just read these books and sort of learn about the record industry. And here's your money. Okay, well, now you have to pay for your studio time, your producer, mm-hmm. your marketing your video, you know, all these things. You're just like, Oh shit. Okay. And if you don't have a good manager, everything goes yeah. away. Yeah. There's a lot of people in these books, you know, especially these oral history books who were like, yeah, we had the number one album and we won like the, you know, all the awards that year and we lost money. And it's like, how the fuck did you it's lose insane, money? Right. But they did. But Chuck Klosterman, uh, or, I'm sorry. He has some of the greatest books. Um, for those the I started with his most popular one, which is sex, drugs and, and uh, Cocoa Puffs, Cocoa Puffs which yeah. is great. Um, I'm looking at my my bookshelf here and all the other ones I read. Oh, uh, that was the one where he, he went with the cover band. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Killing Yourself was it also one that was good. And uh, the one I liked was the the black. What was it called? I wear the black hat. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was a good one too. It was there was that was when he talks about Abba. The mm-hmm. story about Abba is amazing. And I, I, I think it was in that one where people don't realize it, and uh, that but Abba was two couples. The band ABBA or two couples. Mm-hmm. The guys wrote the songs, and the song. There's one song where it's like, the winner takes it all. It's about the divorce, and like, she's singing about his side of the story. Oh wow! And they were offered a billion dollars for a reunion, right? A billion a with a billion B? dollars. Oh, shit. Okay. And they said no, and then everyone's Fuck like, yeah. "How would you say no?" I love it. Can you imagine how hard that must be? Yeah. How bar th- and Frida had love, a solo album after that. And he I talks love a about good it. a good musical feud where people are just like, "There's not enough money in the world to get a me on stage with that person." Billion, maybe it was a hundred million. Regardless, it was a crazy amount. But yeah. Chuck Klosterman's coverage of that story and explaining it away because you start he starts with 
the premise that everyone's like, why the fuck wouldn't you take the money? And mm-hmm. then at the end, you're like, oh, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get and it. he's a great author. I love him a lot. Yeah, too. It's, it's fun. It's very light. I used to talk know? to him on MySpace. I was wow. a big fan of his. Cool. Know, back in the day. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a, a dude, who, just a music nerd. That's all. I mean, most of like people are. are music nerds writing yeah. books about music. So uh, check them out. We'll post our, our lists. They're all... Yeah, we'll put this out. Uh, but but we, we did tease this, Marty, so we do have to say a lot of people... I do want to say this. Uh, we've had about 10 episodes now, and people. some people, it's real easy to come up with five songs. Some people bitch at us. They'll send us like six songs or like yeah. 10, and we're like, uh-uh, it's five. No, it's five. And uh, James Van Osdell, uh was really angry with us, and uh, he there were some strong words used about... Our, uh, our uh, what did he call us? An- anarchy or uh, authoritarian? Yes, yes. Rules. We're dictators, basically. Dictators, yes. And uh, and 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 to be honest with you, it would be hard for yeah. me to come up with five songs. I would need to come up with something. But there are certain songs I know I would have to put on there. And uh, I think that since people have been asking what our five will be, we're never going to tell you, but we will tease you a little bit for sure. I have one song that I know will have to be on there. Um, and, uh, do you have one song, you know, will be on there, Marty? In your um, top five? In my top five. Or your five, if you had to do a five song, you know, the way I pictured it, what I would do is if I'm stuck on an Island and yeah. I can only have five songs to listen to, mm-hmm. what five songs would they be? And there's one song, there's two songs that I know have survived years. You know, certain songs I listened to in the nineties, like Pearl Jam, I can't yeah. listen to Spin Doctors. I know you still like them, but. I just can't. You said do it I anymore. still like them. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain things I just can't do. Okay, but one song that has stayed with me since the '80s, since it first came out, mm-hmm. is "Under Pressure" by Queen and David Bowie. I sure. think it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Sure, I've told the story before how I sat in front of a, a radio and recorded it so I could have have that song only on two sides of a 30 minute cassette tape, and then I would listen to it all the way through on repeat. Well, there was no repeat back then. It was a cassette. And yeah. uh, I would play it and then just cry because I liked the song so much. The the release, I didn't know what they were talking about, but I was like, this is such a deep song. Yeah. I was like four years old or six years old. Yeah. That's pretty cool. If I had to pick one song for a five song, and it's, again, like you yeah. said, it's got to be a song you, you want to hear all the time. I have this song I love. Uh, it's called Jenny and the S-Dog by uh, Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks. Oh, wow. I just love that song. It's a, it's from the point of view of a dog uh, seeing this relationship that was doomed from the start just go to pieces. It's like that movie. And uh, <laughs> What movie? Is there a movie where it's like the dog's version, best friend or some shit? I don't know. doesn't matter. Go ahead. Tell the uh, story. Something Molly and me, Murphy and me. Mol- yeah. <laughs> when the dog like dies and everyone freaked out. But anyway, it's a great, it's just a great song. Uh, I had, I was either, I, I, again, two songs that I just kind of like love or whatever. Um, that was one of them. I had that or I always, and it just because I was such a like set, like, well, I was like heartbroken and in love with this girl so much when I was a kid, but Morrissey's, um, the more you ignore me, the closer I get, oh, it's such I just a good song. dig those two songs so much. And it's not like they're the biggest songs or the best songs, but just to me, every once in a while I'll put them on and I'll just be like, takes ah, you back. Fuck. Yeah. Morrissey was one of those artists that I couldn't stand when he was in the Smiths. I never really got into him when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, I appreciated more because my roommate in college and one of my friends, we were in bands together, 
Fat Albert with a PH. Shout Fuck out. yeah, uh, dude. He was a huge Morrissey fan. He still is. Mm-hmm. Brian Crothers. And uh, he got me into him. And then I was in a cover band where we covered, um, not that song. What's the other big Morrissey song? Um, I mean. Uh Please, please, please. He says that a lot in the song. Fuck, what is it? But we used to cover it, and then I, then I started listening to. I went back and listened to all those songs. But yeah, um, but there's just certain songs that I like, and just certain, and I don't know different reasons why you like them. Or do you whatever. ever go to your playlist on your phone and see what the top twenty five? Oh no, ever listen to? How do you do? It's that? kind of funny. Uh, if you go to playlist, okay, and you just go to top twenty five, and you can go, it'll show top you 25. the songs that are most played that you most play. I don't know if I have that version. Maybe you I have, have to get the it. new version. Let's go to playlist. No, it's an I'm old... on playlist right now. Okay. So keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And then it should be top. It's not in there. Uh... I had it before. It, it's, it's, you probably took it off by accident. Nah, man. But anyway, I would love to know what songs I listen to the most. <laughs> It's fun because you yeah. go back and you're like, oh, and now I'm like, as I'm, I know it's got to be so hard to do this because now already I'm like, well, what about like Armageddon from Alkaline Trio? You know what I mean? Just like you keep thinking <laughs> of, well, yeah, well, what about, you know, or there's like some of those oldie songs still, you know, the day the music died or whatever. Like, yeah, certain songs like that. I'm like, like, oh, that was like an epic song or whatever. And we talked about that with like, uh, people who've brought on like Led Zeppelin or songs yeah. that were like huge in our youth. Some of those I can't. I think it's like I've heard it enough. I yeah. can't hear. I can't hear it again. Yeah, but that's why I like maybe some of these songs, like that that Stephen Malcolm song, where it's like you're not going to hear that every day. You got to go out of your way to hear that song, right? And and um, I can I could appreciate that a lot. Actually, I, yeah. that makes sense. Um, the other song I would put on there, I know it's controversial right now, is "Come Pick Me Up" by Ryan. Adams. You love that song. I adore that song, and uh, I played that song on my guitar more than any song. I've ever played. I've yeah. played it live. It's just my go-to song when I have a good, if I have pick up a guitar, I'm like, I could, I know every part and yeah. all the lyrics. I know it's so the- funny. I'm just kind of, as we're talking, I'm looking at some of the, like my downloaded music. <laughs> and, uh, sometimes I'll just remember a song and be like, Oh my God, that song. Uh, there was this, there's this like punk pop, pop punk band called Zebrahead, And they had a song called playmate of the year. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's just all about waiting to get that playboy magazine with the playmate of the year and just cranking it to it. And it's like, <laughs> it hits you over the head with, there's like no subtlety at all. It's just like, it's just like, Oh yeah. But as a kid, I was like, fuck yeah, let's grab a sock. It's time to rock. <laughs> like, it's just like, Oh man, what a fucking dumb song. Ah, oh, dear Lord. But Hey, that's the deal. We were young kids. I'm still trying to remember that song that I used to cover and they learned about, I mean, it was the Smiths. Please, please, please. He says, please a few times. Come on. You're, you were, a, you were an emo kid. You listen to that band. It was like one of their most popular songs. <laughs> you know what I keep thinking of <laughs> is that old Ryan, uh, not Br- oh, Brian Adams. Please forgive me. <laughs> I know not what I do. You know, what's funny is, uh, please, please. Here, I found it. It's please, please, please. This is it. Oh yeah. Let me get what. This is Smiths, right? Yeah, yeah. Such a good song. But we used to cover it. Girlfriend in a coma. I don't know, man. We used to. They were a band where I liked, but I never really bought a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I I didn't get into them until I started playing music later in life. But I was in a cover band called Brett and Paul, and we used to cover that in a country version, country alt country version at at the Pontiac Cafe. Wow, Wow! Remember that place? Yeah. I walk Those by it often. Days. 
Well, no, now it's a uh, it's a uh, big Heart. star. It's a uh, it's um. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking of the Heartland. Oh, Heartland Cafe. Yeah, that's, interesting. That's where I got my music musical chops. Yeah, man. You'd have uh, members of Wilco popping in. Rachel Yamagata got her start there. So it's a great venue. Great venue for great music. There you go. Um. So there you go. We've given some people some. Uh, Behind the behind the scenes, look at what we listen to and what we're all about. Um, anything? Anything else you want to say on this uh, special edition? Uh, if there is a book that you've read that you think is right up our alley, please let us know. Paul hit him with that email address: paulmartymix at gmail dot com. And uh, and by the way, we are going to have an episode where we we review some of the ones you guys have sent us. Some lists we're gonna. You know, we a lot of people send lists of songs, and uh, some of the songs we just we just. We don't know. We yeah. don't know, and and we're not gonna be able to talk about. And um, if we don't like the songs, we'll still have them on. Sure. Right? Um, we had a guest on recently that had songs that I would never <laughs> ever listen to. I'm not gonna sometimes name any I'll names. Go, sometimes I go through my phone and on on playlists on Apple Music, it'll have like you know Steve's list, and I'll be like, "Fuck this shit, get out of here." <laughs> but on but the other hand, there's them, some huh? that have, have have lasted the test of time. There's some songs that I learned. Um, from our guests so absolutely keep sending those lists paul marty mix at gmail.com we will we will address them even if we don't have you on the show we promise if you've sent us a list we will discuss it and dissect it as music insiders and experts that we are sure i like being an insider and an us expert millennial experts all right paul i think i think we've talked enough we've we, talked are enough. we done here we are done here thank you all for listening to another edition special edition of yeah. make us a mixtape slash Tell us about your books. We return next week with our regularly scheduled program. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.